I'm glad today is homecoming. Acts chapter number 1. It ain't Acts chapter number 9, but it's Acts chapter number 1. I tell you, I woke up with the prodigal son on my mind this morning. Uh, thinking about homecoming, that was a great homecoming, wasn't it? But here in Acts chapter number 1, let's begin reading in verse number 1. The former trustees have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now stay with me, don't let me lose you. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles who he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, now notice what he said. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom, notice this, to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, and all, notice this, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when... He had spoken these things. While they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, that's a home going, ain't it? And while they looked steadfast toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. They returned. Notice this. Then they returned unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew <coughs> and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelous and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer, supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Brother Richard Good, do the honor. Amen. You may be seated. Homecoming is a time that church is set aside. That hopefully some that used to come to church would come back. And maybe those that 
had pastored or preached there would have opportunity to preach again. Well, I'm the only pastor we've had thus far, so I guess you're stuck with me today. So let's deal with homecoming. Homecoming, to me, let's break it down. Home, H-O-M-E. What does that stand to you? That means a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, Brother Scott Campbell Friday night talked about his home in not such a good manner. Home is a place where you can have joy, but you can also have tragedy. We, I want to think of home this morning. Let's break it down. Let's say H. What's that for? Let's, let's let it stand for heaven today. Home, to me, has got to be heaven. That's the only home, really, that you'll ever have. Because, listen, this place we're at now is temporal. Amen. I've lived in five or six different houses since I was born. And the one I live in now just borrowed for a little while. I'll be leaving it one of these days. So you can't really call that home. So heaven is an eternal home. But if we also have heaven, then we have the opposite, which is hell. And it's eternal. That's the sad part. They're both eternal. So where will you spend your homecoming? Well, home also could be a place that you would learn something. Should be. Good or bad, you're going to learn some things at home. I I wish to say that I'd learn all good things at the house, but I've learned a lot of bad things at the house. It's awful quiet in here. (laughs) But let's say this. Let's say Oh, heaven offered, what is heaven's offer this morning? Jesus Christ. Heaven's offer to you and I this morning is Jesus Christ, which to you and I will give us the E part, eternal. So if heaven offered, who's it offering to? The M has got to be for me. Eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now this this message may not be the greatest message in the world, but this is a message God woke me up with this morning. And I had to get up and write it down. I really wanted to preach on the prodigal son coming home. What a joy that was. But listen, if you're not headed to heaven today, your eternal destination is hell. I, I like what that little sign said in the cafe I read one time. said, working for the devil may be more profitable, but the retirement plan is hell. Amen. Is that where you want to retire at? I don't think so. I don't think nobody really wants to go to hell. If they really understand, listen, if you really understand what hell's all about, you don't want your worst enemy to go there. I mean, if you truly understand what's in hell, what's going on in hell, and how long it's going to last, nobody ought to want to go to hell or want anybody else to go there. So heaven, heaven is the place that I'm trying to get you to. Heaven offered me eternal life. Now, I've said it and I'll say it one more time. Heaven is a place where people live, 
and live and live and never get through living. But hell is a place where you die and die and never get through dying. So what would be your cho- choice today? Now, hold on just a minute. Brother Scott uh, Campbell said a lot of things up there Friday night that everybody ought to have heard liars in the house of God. Liars in the house of God. You know who we lie the most? Ourself. How many of you ever made this statement? Oh, I'm all right. Well, are you really? Are you really all right? If heaven is our eternal home, then we had to make a choice for Jesus. You weren't born to go to heaven. You have to be reborn to go to heaven. And if you've never had a rebirth, you're automatically going to hell. You didn't have to make a decision to go there. The decision was made for you in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. And that sin, death, and curse was passed on to you and I, all these thousands of years later, we're still under that sin curse. Until Jesus Christ came and gave His precious blood and His life for you and I to be saved, hey, I don't know about you, hell can never be described as a home. Hell is a place of torments. I I remember my daddy as a young man, him and my mother had a little spat. I know nobody's family ever has little spats, but my family had little spats. And Daddy walked out on the carport, and I was out on the carport working on my bicycle. And he said, you know, it's terrible to live in hell and die and go to hell. And I thought, well, Daddy, you ain't saved. You ain't got no other choice. And I, I didn't think of it then, but there I stood lost and undone without God myself. So the words that Daddy spoke to that day did not only resonate to him, it resonated to me. I'm 68 year old, and it's still in my mind that my Daddy said, it's bad to live in hell and die and go to hell. You think this is hell? This is a vacation. Woo! What people in hell would give for one drop of this cool air this morning? What? People in hell would give for the good singing that we've already heard here this morning. What people in hell would give for the sweat that's dropped off of some of us this morning. Just to cool their dry, parched tongue. Not to mention this good, cool water somebody brought me. Amen. Now think about that. Hell, it can never be described as home. So let's deal with coming. See, he's got to stand for Christ. Amen. O is our. M is mediator. Are you with me? M is making. I is intercession. N is needed for us. So we. Are you with me? Are you with me? So we can understand God is the only one that can forgive our sins. And give us an eternal home. So coming is just as important as home. Christ was given for you and I to have a choice. I'm going to help you this morning or hurt you one. You say this morning you want to go to heaven.
Bible said those that keep my commandments love me. I could stop right there, church, and say everybody that has come short of keeping one of the commandments come and pray. I believe to my soul everybody in the building would have to come and pray this morning because the Bible says, let's break it down just a few lines. If you quench the spirit, you've sinned. Right? So if we sin, we need to repent. If God asked you to do something and you didn't do it, then you've sinned. How do you know that? Well, James 4 and 17 said, He who knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So if you knew to do good this week and you didn't do it, then you sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, it's easy. Don't make it so hard. Let me just narrow it down to what the Lord said. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So on that basis alone, I could say, we need to come and pray, and every person should understand you need to go repent. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you truly repented? That's an easy question, isn't it? But you know that's a hard answer, isn't it? Well, preacher, I, I, I asked him to forgive me, but did you really mean it? Let, let me ask you a question. Was it like when your mom and daddy caught you and you asked for forgiveness because you got caught? Mama, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mama, mama, I'm sorry. The whole time you were doing that hucklebuck dance, you know what I'm talking about? You know that little circle where mama had the family circle with you and daddy had the family circle with you? As they had you by the arm and you was dancing around, oh, you was real sorry right then. Now let me ask you another question on top of that. How many went back and done the same thing again? Amen. Woo! You know, you know that second hucklebuck was worse than the first one. Amen. I mean, when you messed up the second time, Daddy caught another gear. He said, if you're so hard-headed, I will learn you one way or another. Do you think God in heaven don't know how to teach you or learn you or correct you? Homecoming is a thing that we all ought to have in our mind, not just once a year, but every single day of our life. Well, we've gone to playing football in the house of God. Got to be one of my children. You act like your grandpa, son. Behave. <laughs> hey, don't fuss at that young'un. You might not be throwing football, but you ain't paying attention. Whoo, that hurt right there, didn't it? You're already out there, and your mind's on that food out yonder instead of the food in here. I know every one of you is craving to run out there and get in that jar of pickled ramps. I know you're going to get out there and get in there. Not to mention that uh, pickled okra with hot peppers in it. Oh, I know you're dying to get out there. But let me feed you just a little bit more and then we'll go out there. How many really want to go to heaven? Say amen. Let me ask you, do you really want to go to heaven enough to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
Do you love the Lord enough that you want to go to heaven enough that you're living according to the Word of God? Now let me finish. If you have sinned, if you have sinned, the Bible said we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is our propitiation for our sin. Have you had a heart-to-heart talk with Him lately? I mean, broke down, sobbing, weeping, crying, God, I'm sorry, not that I got caught, but I realize I'm wrong. That means ever had a regret a few days later. Boy, I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't have been there. I wish I hadn't have went there. I wish I'd have thought it out just a little bit better. And it grieved you in your spirit that you did what you did. That's true repentance there. When, when you get sick down to your stomach, say, God, boy, I was ugly at that, wasn't I? I could handle that better. I should have done better than that. Not that you're anything special, but because we are Christians, we ought to do better. We ought to be better. And I'm going to keep preaching this till the day I die. If you're just acting like a Christian... That's all you have is an act. I want to be a Christian. And if you can do something wrong and the Holy Ghost never convicts you, guess what, friends? You're not born again. You're not saved. Even when I have a bad thought, like I want to choke them, Holy Ghost says, "Mm -hmm, that's a real Christian. Go ahead and choke them. See how well that works out for you. Go ahead. Go ahead, dummy. Grab them by the throat. See how that helps them. <laughs> Scott said up there Friday night, he said if hitting you in the head with the ball bat would work, I'd bust every brain in here. Right? There's times all of us needed hitting in the head. Ain't you glad you got mercy and grace instead? Woo! Can you imagine the notch that'd be on my head? The times that God ought to beat my brains out. <laughs> I'd look worse than a porcupine. That's right. They'd be more knots than they are quills on a porcupine. Why? Because I'm a Hensley, and Hensleys are automatically hard-headed. They're born with it. And then they begin to refine it. Any of you I know, I know none of you are hard-headed. I'm just talking about poor little me. Hard-headed because... Let me finish this message now. All of us are going to have a homecoming. But which home are you going to? Every single one of us. After I wrote down, got up this morning and wrote down before I ever took a shower, this message that God was dealing with me. I wrote at the bottom and give us an eternal home coming through Christ. And I thought I was done, and then the Lord began to feed me some more. See in Christ the church. H, His. It's His church, you know. 
I, I want to help somebody that's having trouble with the denomination. If you only have denomination, you don't have Jesus. If you're just a Baptist, you may not be saved. Our righteousness, church, his righteousness, I is S T the way. So Christ, his righteousness is still the way. Are you with me? Not only that, he's the only way. The question I need to ask is, will all of you make heaven your eternal home? How many remember any homecomings from a child? Anderson Branch Free Will Baptist Church at the end of the backer patch up there on Anderson Branch Road in Madison County where I grew up. I thought that was the greatest day ever at church. I thought, man, we get to go down there and hear them sing and shout and jump and praise God. Then we get to go outside and sit down in the grass and eat till we bust. I thought that was the greatest thing that ever happened at church. I asked my grandmother one time, why can't we have this every month? Why? Because I wanted to eat. (laughs) I mean, the ladies outdone themselves. I couldn't wait. I loved eating, period. I I wasn't no bigger than them. Minute, I was skinny as a rail. Could out eat a junkyard dog? He's always quick on that stuff, ain't he? But I thought one time a year we have a dinner like this. They didn't have old fashioned day with a dinner back then. They just came old fashioned day was when you just come with your bib overhauls, which most of them wore bib overhauls every day anyway. Nothing special. But what Old Fashioned Day was then was to remember the old-fashioned way of worship. So we would never forget our roots. So what is homecoming? Flag Pond, Tennessee at Lower Rice Creek Baptist Church where my Hensley family lived. Way up on top of that mountain, about a mile up there that you have to walk, there's a one-room log house. Barely standing anymore. It's been there over 120 years. And that log house, to me, is home-going. We used to walk up there several times a year just to cook in that fireplace and reminisce about old times. Just a one room log house, 16 by 16, 11 children was raised in that log house. That was my aunts and uncles and my daddy. Then they moved down to what they call the big house, down next to the church at the foot of the mountain. And it had a grand total of three rooms, a bedroom, a living room, and a kitchen. Man, we thought we'd moved uptown to the penthouse. And that old house is still standing over there today. And I thought about, if heaven is anything, it'll be like one of those. 
where people could come and sit and enjoy, eat together, be a family together. That's what homecoming's all about, trying to get us to be a family together. I want to tell you something. Now listen to me carefully. I've got a lot of faults. I may have hurt your feeling at some time or another. I may have had a harsh word with you sometime or another. I may have not thought you at that moment was important. My mind was distracted on something else. And maybe I didn't listen to you like I should have at that moment. It hurt your feelings. Can I say I'm sorry? Can I say also you've hurt my feelings? But that don't make us less family. Man, my two brothers, the oldest brother and youngest brother, I'm the middle. We fought like cats and dogs, but we never, ever stopped being brothers. I remember the last time I hit my youngest brother, I split his lip and his teeth was showing through. He looked at me and he said this, Chris, you'll never hit me again. And I just laughed it off. He went down the hill bleeding, lips split, teeth sticking through. I walked in the house and he stuck a twenty-two rifle to my head. He said, I told you, you'll never hit me again. Are you hurt that bad this morning? I said, brother, if you want to kill me, go ahead. He is crying and trembling. But I got mercy instead I got a twenty two bullet. He could have pulled the trigger. It was cocked, it was loaded, he had the opportunity. He even had the right. But he gave me mercy instead. Now that we're both in our sixties and retired, you look back on that day and I say, Why did you do that? Why would you treat your family that way? What, what I hit him over was nothing. One way, any way you look at it, it was nothing. It was just a moment of decision and I made the wrong decision. That he had to live with, with a scar across there where his teeth was showing through his lips. Do you regret that preacher? I regret ever hitting him. He should have shot me. He'd have been justified. But every single one of us sitting here this morning, if God had sent us to hell, he'd have been justified. Even, let me say this, let me go stretch it way out there. Even after you got saved the way you've treated God. He ought to send you to hell. Because he has mercy and grace and wants you in that great homecoming, you ain't in hell today. Because he loves you unconditionally. The question I need to ask you this morning is, how much do you love him? Do you love him enough that you'll come and repent of your sins? Do you love him enough to gather in his house at the appropriate times? Do you love him enough to pray and read your Bible 
Do you love him enough that you will tell somebody how, how Jesus saved you? Do you love him enough that you want your light to shine to show Jesus to everyone that would see you? It's hard to say that you love Jesus when you're not saved, not living right. Now let me remind you, all have sinned. From the preacher to the least in this congregation, all have sinned. I'm nothing special. I have to repent just like you. I have to forgive just like you. Why do I have to forgive, preacher? Well, the Word of God said this, if you don't forgive them, neither can He forgive you. Amen. See, that sticks in our crawl. Don't. Why do I have to forgive Him to, for me to be forgiven? Because God said so. Now let me close with this, and I want you to stand. Some of us in this building this morning need to forgive yourself need to forgive yourself I said you need to forgive yourself we hold what we did against us and it's hindering our future with him forgive yourself this morning so you can forgive others and God forgive us all let us stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. Doretta, honey, would you come play something softly? People are coming to the altar this morning. It's homecoming. It's homecoming. Would you come home this morning? Would you step out by faith this morning and let God do something special in your life? Would you come and kneel down here and say, God, I'm here. I need you to forgive me, Lord. Lord, help me to forgive myself in such a manner, God, that it won't hinder me from serving you. Homecoming, church. Homecoming, church. Homecoming, church. Isn't it time for you to come home? Come to the Lord this morning and say, God, I love you because I know you love me. You'll forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings. God, I know you love me enough that you know me inside and out and you still love me. You know all my faults and all my shortcomings and God, you still love me. They're still coming. There's time for you. Would you come? Would you step out by faith this morning? Say, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming to kneel before you. God, I want to be forgiven. I need to be forgiven. Help me forgive myself, Lord, for the things I've done, the things I've said, the places I've been. God, I know you forgive me because you love me that much. Father, I thank you for the opportunity here this morning to preach homecoming. To preach a word of God that Christ is our. God, thank you for that. Christ is ours so we can have forgiveness of sin. 
we can be made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, Lord. Behold, all things are become new. God, take away the desires for the world and give me a desire for you. God, take away the desires, Lord, of the flesh and give me a spiritual desire to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, you touch every heart, every life, every need, God, that's in this altar right now, crying out to you, Father. We bless and praise your name today, for we've asked it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap.